Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sport card investor and maximize those gains. As always, I'm Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor, and professional wrestling fan. This show is becoming something that's super important to me, and it's really becoming a platform where I can share my stories about what I'm going through as I'm entering back into the hobby or boomeranging back into the hobby after a long hiatus. It's somewhat uh, therapeutic for me, to be honest with you, and I'm having so much fun sharing what I'm doing, the good, bad, and the ugly, and getting you know feedback from everyone. And I'm really loving what I'm hearing from all of you. It's so nice to get feedback, good or bad. I think anytime you don't get feedback is when you know you're not doing something right, but I think what I'm doing here is... Um, satisfying a group of people in the hobby. And I'm finding that those people are people like me that are reentering the hobby. So if I can be a resource for people that are reentering the hobby and I can share what I'm learning along the way, that's all I'm, all, all I'm aspiring to do. And it's been so much fun. So thank you all for being a part of this Stacking Slabs family. I love meeting new people each and every week and hearing people say they listen to Stacking Slabs, saying they subscribe. Um, that's all really important to me. I have been just at a loss without sports. It's it's kind of finally hit me. And I was in the uh, middle of a really, really busy work day full of Zoom meetings. And I had a window for lunch that was kind of shorter than it typically is. And I made a quick sandwich, slammed it. And I usually go for a walk. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm missing sports. I've got Lucas Oil Stadium a mile away from me. I'm going to go walk to Lucas Oil and back during this lunch break to clear my head and go visit that gorgeous Peyton Manning statue that's built outside of the Luke. And that's what I'm going to do. And I got to tell you, everyone, that walk, passing Eli Lilly uh, Pharmaceutical, and I've, I go on this walk every um, you know week. There's a home game as a season ticket holder. It really reinvigorated me. Uh, I just started to visualize sports coming back. And then when I saw Lucas Oil and that monstrosity right in front of me, man, it really gave me all the feels. And I rounded the corner and walked up the stairs. And as I was walking up the stairs, there was a group of people that were surrounding the Manning statue. And it really made me feel good because... They invested all this time, money, and resources into building this awesome statue. And even during a period like COVID-19, there's still visitors. And they look like they were from out of town. I know I saw a guy in a Broncos uniform. And so my I, I pictured, you know, he's obviously got appreciation for Manning. So I hope as a visitor, that's something. If you ever come to Indianapolis, go visit Lucas Oil. There's an awesome Peyton Manning statue to check out. But that really satisfied uh, some needs for me. But, you know, on the positive side, we do have a lot of momentum around sports. We've got a lot of conversation about how these uh, sports getting started back up. What's it going to do for the hobby? There's so many competing theories on 
um, you know, the market going up. There's competing theories on the market going down. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And I'm not going to spend a lot of my energy trying to figure it out. I'm going to spend a lot of my energy trying to educate myself on who I want to be buying out of my stash, who I want to be selling. And that's what I'm focused on. At the end of the day, I'm focused on this being fun and this being something that I'm super passionate about and that can be a really good distraction during a time where our, our world is completely insane. So that's what I'm doing. I'm having a blast. It looks like NBA news is positive. It's trending now um, You know, towards we've got a lot of visibility on details that I'm not going to go into, but a lot of the conversation now is on testing and what if. What if people test positive, false negatives, that sort of thing? That's what we're going to get. There's so much time in between when the season's going to pick back up. There's going to be all these conversations, but hopefully we get some new information. One of the things I meant to talk about and last episode, but I believe the they are doing, you know, kind of like those last eight games. I, they are having those eight games. Well, if that is the case and those are the scheduled games, I was looking at the Grizzlies' final two games because obviously I'm a huge Ja Morant fan and I'm going to be watching every Grizzlies game uh, when the NBA comes back. But his the Grizzlies' last two games of the season, of course, are against the New Orleans Pelicans. So I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that, but that's insanity, right? So chances are like the Pelicans are going to be biting at their uh, heels to get into the playoffs or they could be passing them and maybe the Grizzlies are trying to. I think the Grizzlies have a nice lead right now. I think it's three games. But man, all eyes on Java Zion to close out the regular season and those hobby prices and the attention there. Ooh, baby. That's something we should all take note of if you're in the Ja or Zion game. MLB reading reports on, you know, potentially doing an 80 game season, which I think is positive momentum there. You know, it seemed dire for a while. But yeah, MLB, hopefully that we do get some sort of season, especially um, seems like there's been so much attention with baseball cards in the hobby with Project 2020, with Bowman. It's really. I think I'm dying to have sports happen while all these cards are being released and all this attention is on the hobby. And so I'm all for getting baseball started, even if it's in an abbreviated form. I think everyone else listening can agree with that as well. And then NFL, right? It just keeps tracking, right? It's Everything just keeps tracking like the season's happening. I think the big uncertainty there is overall fans at the stadiums watching games I don't know. To me, it seems less likely. I'm, as a cold season ticket holder, who really takes those eight games that I go to, and hopefully more if they make the playoffs, Those are that's like my favorite time of the year. And also, I typically travel to two, even sometimes three games. So I go to a lot of Colts football games. It's just a part of what I do. I'm willing to spend the money. I like being there. I like the whole experience. I like putting on my Darius Leonard jersey. I like being an idiot and escaping for a little bit and just cheering for my squad. So I love watching sports live. I love it. I've always loved it. I'm willing to spend the money on it. It's just those are my teams, and so I'm invested in it. So I am mentally preparing myself that I'm not going to be able to do that this year. I hope that changes, but only time will tell. We're doing a week-by-week thing here, but we've got a lot of good news with sports, so that's cool. Holy bleep on National Treasure. Man, that is hit and it is hit is hit hard. I think the benefit of social media, right? You might not have the money to participate in a break or you might not want to. 
but and you might not buy a box or a case because they're so expensive. But inevitably, if you're in the sport card hobby, you know about National Treasure. You know what the market is doing on those cards right now. And the fun part right now about the hobby is people that don't want to spend that much money on National Treasure. We get to sit back, right? We get to sit back. We got to take our phones out of our pockets. Got to pull up Instagram, hit our stories, hit our feed, and you see the rips and you see the monsters being hit. And man, have there been some monsters that are out in the market right now. So a couple, I think it was yesterday I looked, I just did a quick eBay search and I saw the Zions have hit. There's an RPA of 30 Zion right now on eBay as I record this for $199,999. Oh, baby. That is not shocking. I think, you know, if if the prices of a uh, box and case are what they are, inevitably, the reason they're that way is because there's Zion cards in there that are, you know, numbered to 30 that people are going to want to gobble up. There's another one I saw numbered to 99 of 75, or that was 75,000 which is just wild. So those the cards look freaking amazing. I mean, NT is just such an amazing product. I am certainly sitting back. I think I did have to type in Sekou Demboye in the search bar and just see, and it looks like his is a redemption. Everything I've seen from him is redemption. Those are still going out, out of control. So man, National Treasure, it's such a beast, such a fun product, but it's cool to see that hit. And it's cool as a fan of the hobby, to just sit back and see what other people are pulling and what they're selling. I'm really excited for this weekend. I think we are finally getting out a little bit, meeting with our family. You know, it's like you got your trust circle, whatever you're going to do. You know, there's different varying levels of how everyone's taking this situation seriously. And I think that's the hard part about it is, but I'm excited because we've got some family things on our agenda. And I think family is always certainly important. And one of the things we're doing, um, I guess this afternoon as we're recording is we're going to my brother's house for, uh, he's got a birthday. So we're going to, I'm going to hang out with, uh, my, uh, two nephews and, um, we're going to just kick back and that's going to be super fun. But I also have a, my, since my brother, you heard him on this podcast is super back into the hobby. I mean, we are talking like daily about what we're doing, which is just so fun and nostalgic and it's cool, but inevitably I had to get him um, a birthday present that was centered around sports cards. So he will have got this before um, this episode airs. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Big Reggie Miller fan. He's collecting Reggie Miller in his PC. So I was trying to find a cool, unique Reggie Miller card that was somewhat limited that would be um, cool for him to have and keep in his PC. So I purchased the 2018 Panini Prism Reggie Miller Choice Prism Red PSA 10 numbered 44 out of 88 it's like late stage in the career pinstripe jersey reggie stroke and a three it's such a money card so i hope he enjoys that inevitably i had to get some packs so he could rip so i picked up a couple packs of panini prisms hopefully there's a monster in there for him um i've already prepared myself for if he he pulls a uh, like silver Zion or jaw. I'll be happy for him, but that'll be, I've had these, these have been staring at me as I do content and do work on a regular basis. And it's so hard not just to rip these babies open, but I'm excited for him to rip them open. Um, and he also had found some mosaic. So he, he got a blaster and mosaic for me. So we're going to rip a couple blasters of mosaic mosaic. So I will report back 
on that. I just want to say, you know, I'm having so much fun with stacking slabs. I really am. And, you know, my personality type is very, very much all in. There is very, very little moderation um, when it comes to things that I'm super passionate about. And I have had a self-manage taking a crawl, walk, run approach into this podcast. And now I'm getting ready to start walking. We, we've been crawling a little bit. And I just share that with you to let you know that big things are on the way. I'm very dedicated to this show. I'm very dedicated to educating and sharing my experiences. I am. This is my getaway. This is my escape during the week. And I'm really enjoying meeting all of you and, and really appreciate all of your support. It's motivating. I did a personality test at work, I think, two years ago, and I was at uh, 100% in ambition, which means I like to go. And my job and myself is to manage that ambition because if I don't manage it, I run out of gas and then things shut down and then the podcast stops. And that's not what we want. So I have a throttle right now on my ambition but I'm ready to move into that next phase. And that next phase, I don't know what that is. It's it's going to be fun though. And at the end of the day, it's going to be for you. You all are the people that are motivating me to do this on a day-to-day basis. Really appreciate that and can't wait to share more with you. All right, social media, got to plug it. You can find Stacking Slabs across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Stacking Slabs. Slide into those DMs. I like chatting with you. It's fun to get feedback. It's fun to talk about uh, the hobby. want to say the giveaway, it's still rolling, baby. We're, we're, we've got the Tyler Hero Mosaic NBA debut. We've got the Seku Optic Kobe White debut, Chris Paul Prism. I introduced a hoops hobby pack from this year um, with Zion on the front, and I'm adding another one. We're throwing some football in there, so I'm adding a 2019 NFL Prism Cello pack. That's got the red, whites, and blues in it. That's being added to the mix. All you have to do is to enter is follow those social accounts, every channel, and you can get more more entries if you tweet at me with a screenshot showing me that you subscribe, tagging a couple of your friends. You'll get three more entry spots. I am thinking about running this probably for another month, but by the end of that, this is going to be a freaking awesome giveaway. Like, there's going to be packs, there's going to be cards. So just do it. Hit the hit subscribe. So like that's another thing too. Hit subscribe. Leave five stars. I want if you're listening to this, subscribe, please. That helps. I'm trying to build awareness. Back to the giveaway. I'll keep you updated on this show, what I'm thinking. But each week that passes, I'm going to add new things. And as you can see, this week we've got the 2019 NFL Prism Cello Pack. Going to be dope. Maybe a Kyler Murray in there. We'll see. Part of what I really like about you know this hobby is just overall, um, you know, meeting new people. And I hope you all got a chance to listen to the episode last Friday that published with Ed Cahill of Cahill Cards. I've listened back to it a couple times. And what a interesting dude. You know, I had a fun time learning about his background in sports. He was a great interview. You could tell he's been in comms. He's been in, you know, marketing. He, he's got some PR in him. You can, you can see that in him. But I'm really excited about what he's doing in his approach with his brand. So definitely, again, make sure you check out at Cahill Cards and it's C-A-H-I-L-L Cards on all your social channels. Something that I presented this week that I thought was interesting, and I think it's just something as uh, you know, people in the hobby that we should all think about right now is when we got money, 
what do we want to do with it and what makes the most sense and i think you know we have new product coming out we have the hobby box of score that people are buying up and you know score football it's it's been around forever if i found score at retail the new stuff i i'd buy some packs for sure i'd buy a blaster or whatever the product is that they had just to check it out it's not something i'm necessarily investing in in the long term but you know you saw the prices of the hobby box of score move uh, in the last week from i think 249 to now it's down to 189 so i think you like i talk about a lot when new stuff comes out you should wait a couple weeks i know it's hard not to get caught up in that hype it's fun to have new product but um you see that that product move from 249 and 189 in like a week's time i think that led me to thinking okay are you going to spend 189 on this box of score and you bring it home and it fits for you. You sit there and have the enjoyment and entertainment of ripping packs and you probably aren't going to see that 189 back. Maybe you are if you have a big monster, uh, but probably not. Or do you spend that money which it, on a card? The biggest comp I found right now is like a Hobby Box to score for 189 or a Josh Allen PSA 10 Prism, which sold this last week for 192, which is crazy. His cards are jumping. That frightens me because I thought for a while I was the only one on the Josh Allen train. I'm talking to a lot of people. I certainly am not. A lot of people like Josh Allen. I guess that's just the the thing. It's what do you do, right? That's about the same amount of money, 189, 192. And it really comes down to what your um, intention is in the hobby. If you like ripping packs, that's everyone. You're probably going to go, but in that, and you don't really care about the long term investment, you're probably going to go with the hobby box. If you're more interested in, you know, investing in players, then you're probably going to go Josh Allen. But that's something that just I started to think about this week. And as a topic, I think as you're, you know, buying packs, buying hobby boxes, buying cards, you should look at comparable players based on that wax you're purchasing and say, you know, it might make more sense to have that card rather than you know, sit and lose, lose my butt on this box of score. Just something to think about. So I finally found cards at retail. It had been forever. So I hit Walmart, turned the corner, and staring me in the face were 10 blaster boxes of Bowman. I had not seen Bowman. I'd seen empty Bowman everywhere I went. Um, and I'm hearing Bowman showing up more across the U.S., but it excited me. And I looked at the 10 boxes of Bowman, and I didn't even think twice. I grabbed them all. And, you know, there's some competing theories on you should leave some, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not my mentality. My mentality is I've spent, you know, 14 trips to Walmart and Target over the last two months and I haven't found anything. And so if there's all the product there and I've got the money to pay for it, I'm going to do that. And that's what I did. So I bought all of those Bowmans and it made me feel good. I finally got something. So I got the Bowman. Another thing I want to talk, I also bought some cello packs. I bought two cello packs too. So the thing that drives me crazy about Walmart is they've got the freaking cards that are jammed up in the self-checkout aisle. And during, uh, you know, COVID, like you're not supposed to be anywhere close to people. So you can't even, like there are people with like, their whole carts are full of groceries and you can't like go around them to go look at the cards. You have to wait for people to check out their whole cards to go look at the cards. And that drives me nuts. I'm like the world's most impatient person. It's a fault of mine. I'm willing to admit that. It is freaking brutal waiting in line at the grocery store. 
it is even more brutal when you don't need to check out and all you're trying to do is look at some cards. So luckily, that's an observation driving me crazy. Anyone from Walmart listening to Stacking Slabs right now, take that up to corporate and I want to start a petition. I'm sure everyone in this hobby and who's listening would sign that. Um, Drives me nuts. Anyways, it got me thinking about just retail, what people do. And so I wanted to share. So what I did was, again, I'm not a big baseball guy. Um, I know that's a desirable product. What my approach was is I want to open some packs and then I want to sell the product that I, I found and at least cover the cost of opening up some packs, right? And making maybe, a, a you know, I think I ended up making 60 bucks extra. So what I did was I took the 10 boxes of Bowman, listed them immediately on eBay, um, sent out an offer to people, somebody, they ended up buying them. I made 60 bucks, got got to rip the cello packs for free and ended up first pack of the cello. Of course, I opened it up and in the pack, there was a base... Jason Dominguez. So the card looks pretty good. Centering top to bottom might be a hair off. And I got a Bobby Witt Jr. So all in the first pack, which was nuts. Um, so that's cool, right? So I'm going to take those cards. They both look pretty good. I've got this massive submission pile. They're going to be submitted. And those are going to be cards I'm going to sit and hold. I just want to hold those. I don't, I'm not invested much in baseball, but I figured might as well invest in some prospects and just um, kind of see how it goes. So that was a fun experience for me this week. Found something at retail. That's always a victory. Content shout outs. So one of my favorite podcast episodes that I've listened to since being back in the hobby happened this week. And that was from Slab Stocks. So Slab Stocks, Aaron from Slab Stocks jo- dropped an episode, Investing 101, NBA Sports Cards, Brands and Parallels. And he talks through uh, Prism, uh, Optic and Select and talks about all the different, the brands, the values, comparisons, and all the different various parallels. And I'm going to tell you what, everybody, go listen to that episode. If you are confused about all the parallels, products, value over time, that's your source. He does an unbelievable job. I, I literally can't put it over enough. As someone that's re-entered the hobby over the last year, like I've done my fair share of understanding and studying of the parallels and what means what, but he has taught me things that I didn't necessarily know. So go check out Aaron on that Slab Stocks podcast. It's freaking awesome. I talked about him every week, but there was a great conversation on Breaker Culture. Breaker Culture, check out what Bench Clear Media is doing right now. Really cool stuff. But Ty talked with Mike from Wax Pack Hero and so Ty and Mike are like two guys that like as I before I I, I met Ty and or before I you know maybe ex- interacted online with Mike they're two guys that I was observing and just their content creation their intention and they're two guys that I learned have learned from early so it was fun to get them conversation was super casual I think it was on a Saturday morning um, they were drinking some coffee both have kids so it was you could tell it was maybe time before the kids got going in the day and they just talk cards and they talk project 2020. Mike talks about his strategy and buying sets, Com C, eBay, different platforms, building brands. I loved it. So go check out um, Breaker Culture. Um, want to shout out Star Stock. I've been talking a lot about Star Stock. So um, make sure you listen to Friday's episode. I talk with uh, Scott Greenberg, who is the co-founder and CEO of Star Stock. It's a great conversation. 
that got me. I said to myself, you know, I am having him on this show. I need to log in, create an account and start buying a few cards on Starstock. And that's what I did. So I bought some Carson Edwards cards. He'd been on my mind. I think Carson Edwards um, is a player that I watch closely being in Indiana. He was a Purdue kid. I think he's got all the intangibles to be a successful pro. I think he's in a really, really, really good situation right now in Boston, learning in that system from Brad Stevens. I think Boston's got a crowded backcourt because Boston's really good right now. But Carson Edwards is going to get an opportunity at some point. It might be two, three years from now. That kid can ball out. So I bought my first Carson Edwards cards on the Starstock platform. Go check out starstock.com. What else? So also another conversation I really enjoyed was Mike from Coleman Cards, which I was unfamiliar of Coleman Cards, had a conversation with Chris from House the Jordans. They talked about you know, the LA sport market. They talked about Mike basically being a dealer full time and what that looked like. Um, but it was the, the most interesting part of the conversation for me is when they got down in the weeds on LeBron's top chrome PSA 10 and how it gone up to nine grand. And then they have this conversation about, well, where does this card go if LeBron wins and how the card probably won't see any setbacks if they don't. And so it's real. I've been so itchy at looking at that card and I know it's a lot of money, but I believe kind of what they said is like that card, like LeBron's got Space Jam coming out. LeBron could win a title this year and he's LeBron. Like everybody knows LeBron James and like, I know $9,000 is a lot of money, but I think that's not a lot of money when you think about the potential of where that card so I wish I didn't listen to that episode because now I'm trying to figure out a way to get $9,000 together. So uh, thanks, Mike and Chris from House of Jordans on that one. Always got to. Quick little wrestling recap. So I watched TakeOver this weekend, and it's just TakeOver in your house and on the NXT brand. And they're doing a nice job. They're figuring out how to do these crowdless shows with some perform uh, people on their in the performance as crowd members. I love the NXT takeovers. It was a great show. The the match that really surprised me, if you're going to watch one match, I think the women's match, uh, Io Shirai walked away headlined with the women's title. She does this freaking spot. I love Io Shirai, by the way. She does this spot off the top of the house in your house and lands on Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, and it's unbelievable. The match is great. Io Shirai is getting her first run with a big title. I think she's probably the best one of the best talents. So I'm excited to see her get that spotlight, but really the match that got my feel spot going was Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. I love Finn Balor. He carried the NXT brand on his back before he jumped to the main roster. I'd followed Finn Balor when he was Prince Devitt in Japan. And then I would, I obviously followed him as Finn Balor on NXT. And I went to, I travel a lot to see wrestling, but like I do with the Colts, and I go to Chicago, my best friend's in Chicago, and so we go to a lot of shows. NXT then first had his first run with NXT. NXT did some shows in Chicago. It was freezing. It was like dead of winter, I think like 10 degrees maybe, and the heating in the building wasn't working. So all the fans were waiting outside, and were, there's this big line. And then out of nowhere, the NXT champion at the time, Finn Balor, came out, and he literally talked with all the fans, signed autographs, took pictures. And that moment really, really won me over as a fan of Finn Balor. 
I love watching him perform. But anytime, you know, a guy like that is willing to go out and show appreciation to his fans, I'm always down with. So I've got backlash this Sunday. They're calling it the greatest wrestling match ever between uh, Randy Orton and Edge. That's firing me up. It's probably not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever, but it's in total Vince McMahon fashion, that sort of positioning. But also in closing out the wrestling talk, holy cow, make sure you go check out Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles on this week's SmackDown for the Intercontinental title. Two of the best going at it. I just was freaking out. So much fun. Music recommendation. So I'm going a little bit old school on this one. So I was thinking about, I have a, I'm a collector. So I collect cards. I collect wrestling. I collect physical music, which is vinyl, right? My downstairs is just Vinyl City. I've got it all organized. And part of being at home and in quarantine, it's really given me the opportunity to dig in deep to my record collection. I spin vinyl basically all day when I'm downstairs and not working in a record. That was my favorite record from 2011. I want to make sure you all are turned on to, but that's real estate and the album is Days. It is just a classic for me. One of my favorite records ever. It was my favorite in 2011. That Real estate is just such a solid band. I've seen them more than any other band, and I go to a lot of concerts. Um, was supposed to see them, I think, for like the 15th or 16th time this year in Indianapolis. Obviously, that closed, uh, got canceled, but Green Isles, it's real. Attitude, the last song on the record is my favorite real estate song of all time. It's a B-side, but just so money, all the same. They actually, I saw real estate at Bonnaroo, and they closed their set playing all the same, and it was pouring down rain, and I was with a group of friends, and I was young, dumb, and stupid, and definitely inebriated, and on probably everything at that time, and we were just running around, and that song was playing, and it was pouring rain, and we had no cares in the world, and that just, God, it makes me so happy to think about, and I've listened to that record a lot this week, so definitely go check out Real Estate in Days. I want to spend some time and start doing this regularly, but I've been getting some cool engagement and questions. So I had a little bit of a mailbag section I want to start on the on stacking slabs. So the first mailbag comes from card collector one 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 one. I think I think it's five ones. Uh, he slid into my DMs on Instagram and he said, "Fox or Bagley? What do you think of them?" And I think Ed Cahill talked about De'Aaron Fox and. He sold me on De'Aaron Fox, where I think De'Aaron Fox, yes, I think he's a unique personality. The kid's got game. He can ball out. Definitely the market's hurting him right now. But I think, you know, I don't see De'Aaron Fox being a king forever. I think when his contract is up, he is going to be like one of those top guys that contenders are going to go after. He could be a starting point guard for a team like, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think my feedback on De'Aaron Fox to Card Collector is I think probably like buying in on him now and not trying to make any transactions, but just sitting is what I would recommend. Bagley, I have less of a read on him. I I really do. And I'm not sure. I really am not sure. But Fox, I think Fox, it's a buy now and sit. And I had not been an investor in Fox. But Ed Cahill obviously had some great points on him, and it's something that I'm certainly thinking about now. So thank you, Card Collector, for your question. Talked last week a little bit about the NFL. So I am beginning to focus a lot of my energy around the NFL. 
and just what's going to happen this season. I think there's going to be a lot of attention. I think the card market NFL is going to be the most desirable it's ever been. There's going to be the markets booming. There's going to be more attention than ever. So when I'm thinking about the market, right, you think about quarterbacks first, right? That's where most of the money is. And so I mentioned last week, you've got Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love, Hertz, Eason, Morgan, and Fromm. You've got eight rookie quarterbacks that are going to drive a ton of attention to all of the products. Then you've got a tier one of quarterbacks. And tier one, I would say, is classified as not necessarily the best, but that that can definitely be argued. Uh, but guys that are the most transaction transacted players right now. So those are guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. All fun to watch, all expensive. Then you've got, I would say, the hot, there's hype guys. And to me, the hype guys are Jared Stidham and Drew Locke. Guys where I know Drew Locke went four and one. Drew Locke has a ton of weapons out, but I'm not paying $350 on a Drew Locke PSA 10 prism right now. Not enough there. Um, Stidham too. I think Stidham's a little less extreme, but it, again, if you can buy Stidham raw cards at affordable price from good product lines like Optic, Prism, or Select, I think you do it. I think I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with with Jared Stidham, but I do believe in Bill Belichick. But still, it's all hype, right? And then I think there's this layer of then what, guys? And you know. You, you could have like, what's Sam Darnold going to do? What's Baker Mayfield going to do? And so like, you've all these different thoughts and different tiers of players. And for me, like full transparency, that's what I try to do at this show. Like my, I have a focus on two players and I've talked about them a lot. That's Josh Allen. And the other player is Russell Wilson. Those are the two guys not saying I won't, I would definitely buy Kyler Murray, Jackson Mahomes. Like I buy those guys if the price is right, but I'm not breaking the bank for them because I see more better opportunity for me with buying up Josh Allen and buying Russ Wilson based on what I know about them, their situations, and where I think their cards can go. I think both the Seahawks and Bills are going to be winning teams, and a big reason for that is because of those quarterbacks. So that's my focus. But again, I think it's exciting. And I think everyone out here with baseball, uh, Project 2020, Bowman on the baseball side and NBA coming back, you should not lose sight of what's setting the stage for your NFL plan. I think something else interesting that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot, I have not been able to find a ton of good content on it. And if there is good content, please share it my way. But you know, this argument of skill players and them being devalued. And I think inevitably there's so many reasons why you can make the argument for career duration, relying on the quarterback position. There's a lot of different reasons why it doesn't make a lot of sense right now to invest in skill guys. But I think if there's more attention on the market and some of these daily fantasy players are moving over into sports cards, I think you can see those skill positions move up. I talk a lot about this topic with Scott from Starstock on the Friday episode. So make sure you listen to that. We talk a lot about some guys we're looking at. So go check that episode out. But punchline is make sure you're aware and you're thinking about NFL. Weekly purchases. I already talked about my Carson Edwards cards. I bought a Daniel Jones optic for 15 bucks, buying low on Daniel Jones. But I just wanted a Daniel Jones card because 
you know, second year to see what he can do. The thing that sucked about it was I looked at the picture, looked at everything, card looked great, got the card back, and I got kicked in the nuts on it. There was a surface scratch that now kills me, and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. That sucks. It's part of buying cards online. Um, what are you going to do? I've had a lot of good wins recently on buying raw cards online, and eventually you're going to get jammed up. Um, and that happened to me with Daniel Jones. But needless to say, I do think if you can get Daniel Jones raw cards for you know under twenty bucks, you should think about it. It's never a weekly purchases without talking about Seiko Demboye. I got his mosaic silver refractor for five ninety nine raw. I got a load of Jalen Brown. I talked about. Uh, Jalen Brown on not mentioning him. I'm big on the Celtics. I found a lot that I just had to jump on. It was five numbered swatches of Jalen Brown, select rookies, numbered to 60. So I got freaking five of the same Jalen Brown card. It's a really cool card, actually. Why don't, I haven't read this yet, so I'm going to read it out loud. I'm going to read the back card. The back card says, in 2015... 2016, Brown became the eighth player in school history to be named Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. That's the fun fact there. But yeah, I got five of these. I'm gonna, they all look clean. I'm going to send them in. I'm going to try to get them graded before the playoffs. Excited about that. Aaron Holiday, I think he's a bargain value right now. I think he is going to hit that six-man roll for the Pacers. Got an Optic Hollow for $3.99, a base silver for 6 and then I bought another PSA 10 for 35 if I'm silver, 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 silver. If I am, if there are silvers out under forty bucks on Aaron Holiday, I'm buying them all. Got a hoops, um, Anthony Davis for fourteen bucks. That's a card rookie. I'm buying if I see it. And an interesting one is got caught up buying something that I was not expecting this week. And I was um, watching the Today Show, and I reference the Today Show a lot. I talk about it's just something that's on in the morning and it just shows like what's topical, what's popular for the day. And they were talking about NASCAR and they were talking about the movements that NASCAR has made, which is I'm really happy about what NASCAR is doing um, just based on the state of the country. I think to say that Confederate flags are no longer going to be allowed at, at NASCAR races is not going to solve all of the problems that are happening right now in the world. But that is a brick that can be laid that will help start building the foundation for some momentum around addressing some of these issues and injustices that are happening. And so it was really cool to see a sport like NASCAR lead the way. I opinion, obviously, I think that probably the Confederate flag should have been removed years ago. I think NASCAR is a Southern sport. And there's all of the that origin and those arguments. And I don't want to get too political. I just think that is the right decision, especially based on the climate. But, you know, they have a, a black driver in their series and Bubba Wallace. And Bubba Wallace has been a great voice in talking about these changes and what it means. And it really, like, listening to him talk, I really got inspired about in hearing his story. And I think that's so important. And I'm happy for NASCAR that... Bubba Wallace is kind of leading the charge in this in sports. He's one of the guys that has helped leading this, and it's awesome. He's driving the Black Lives Matter car. I just got so captivated by learning and researching about Bubba, his story, and listening to him in his interviews. I hadn't thought about it, but I got on eBay. And I'm like, I want to buy Bubba Wallace cards because I like this guy a lot. And of course, NASCAR has the Prism series, and 
I did not expect to be buying NAS cards at this point in being back in the hobby, but I was so caught up in just like being fired up about Bubba Wallace that I bought two of his red, white, and blue prisms, bought his camo prism, and I bought two base prisms. So I bought four total cards of Bubba Wallace for like 23 bucks, I think. So to me, I want to support this guy and I'm going to get those graded and I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I think I'm going to keep them just because like he got a fan in me and I'm going to watch NASCAR races now and I'm going to cheer for Bubba Wallace. And I think that's special. And that's something that just happens is paying attention, being aware and having some athletes win you over. So I'm excited about that. A big part about this hobby is, you know, the buying of it, but what's just important is the selling. So I am actively looking at my stash of all of my cards and figuring out who I need to sell now. And basically it's if I can get double my return and it's a guy that I'm not like is not part of my current plan, I'm going to put him on the market. And I'm going to put him on the market because it's going to give me the opportunity to get funds that I can pour into guys that are part of my plan. So that's my approach. So my first card that went up is I bought, I think, on March 26th for $75, PSA 10, is was a Donovan Mitchell card. So I bought it for $75, and now the last sale, I think I saw one sell for $205. So I put that on eBay, listed at $180. Once that sells, I'm going to take that money, keep it in that PayPal, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to build up my bankroll, and I'm going to put in a big card, like a, a John Morant, right? He's a, or a Luca. They're part of my plan. But that's I'm beginning to actively... Think about my sales process. And I think it's important for everyone that's just buying. Now is a good time to evaluate your inventory and think of pick who's not part of your plan and start listing those cards. So the other thing is too, I've got this stash of just, I'm subbing, I'm preparing the submission and I'm thinking about going through a third party. So I listen to the Sport Card Nation podcast. He has an ad spot with Iron Mike of PSA subs. And that's just marketing 101, right? I listen to the Sport Card Nation podcast because I trust John. John has an ad for someone called Iron Mike Then I'm going to his Facebook page. And that's marketing and how it works. But yeah, I think I'm going to go through a third party. I'd love to hear if you've gone through a third party, what your experience is like. Give me a heads up on who you like to work with, but I'm preparing a sub for him and excited about it. I also got an update from PSA this week that my 50 card sub has been um, received. So that took about a month, which I don't think was too terrible. So I've got two orders that are actively going right now on the PSA side. I've got another one on BGS, but I'm seeing updates and some momentum there. So that's exciting. All right. Rounding, rounding the corner here. I want to bring up a, a topic that I think is important to address. I think it's important to address in the hobby as People are trying to figure out what their place is and what their role is and what are they what are they classifying themselves as. And I think there are so many labels that get thrown around everywhere in the world and in life. And there's certainly labels in the hobby that represent certain things. And in the sport card hobby, there are the label of collector, there's the label of investor, and there a label that I don't think gets talked about enough, but it's flipper. And I think those three labels are kind of interchangeable, but I really wanted to address this because I consumed some content last week that really got me thinking. So if you haven't checked him out, go check out Mike. He's the baseball collector. Mike has an 
amazing YouTube channel. He transitioned that YouTube channel over to Bench Clear Media. And this guy is just what his name is simple as that baseball collector. I learned so much from him as not being a baseball collector, but being interested in baseball cards. He has a passion and a knowledge that it's tough to compare. The guy's been collecting for a very, very long time and has intimate knowledge. And so Mike's perspective, he dropped a video this week and he had a bad experience based on Project 2020, which eBay Project 2020, it just seems like a nightmare right now. Everyone's having really bad experiences and it sucks, right? And that's why I think like you can't buy Project 2020 on Starstock right now, but there are alternatives like Starstock. So keep your eyes open on other platforms or build relationships with people. But Mike, I've got burned. We've all got burned. Mike got somebody who bought a card that didn't, you know, didn't want to buy it and wanted his money back or whatever the situation was. And it just left a negative taste in his mouth. And I think I have not met Mike. I enjoy his content quite a bit. I think it's really sound. But Mike, his sentiment was investors are in the hobby are, they can be bad for the hobby. He sends, put a retraction out to say, I might've been a little general with the term investor, which one way or the other, I understood what he was saying. But I think it's important based on what he's saying is that there are these different labels, and I think it's important to talk about them. And I think at the end of the day, the more we talk about them and the more education each of those labels gets, the better, less bad experiences we're going to get as both buyers and sellers, because we all have to work with each other one way or the other. We're like at the center point of all of those, there's cards and exchanging cards, and your intention with those cards, that's on you. But the exchanging of cards, we're all working with each other. So I think it's important to get educated on what all of those labels can potentially mean. So I think one is collector. And I think my hope is that everybody who is in the game is a collector. I think it's really important that everyone cares enough that they are trying to buy cards that they keep forever and that make them happy. And they're just the mementos. I think that's a requirement for good navigation around the hobby. It helps you communicate better, treat people well, not take advantage of people. I think a lot of people like myself, I think we consider ourselves collectors, but do the investing to help fund our collecting, right? I am not like selling my Scotty Pippen PSA 9 and making, you know, 600 bucks on it and then like going and putting that money towards, um, you know, a vacation or putting that money, you know, towards something around the house. I am, my wife probably would prefer that, but I'm putting that money right back into the hobby. I'm putting that into my collection, my PC. So I think that's important. I think in order to like operate, you need operate like efficiently and with good intention, you need to have some sort of collector's mentality. I've been collecting everything for my entire life from vinyl to sports cards to starting lineups to wrestling figures and memorabilia. And I just think having that passion around collecting really helps. So that's you've got the collectors and you've got the investors and investing. I talk about investing uh, at the top of the show. And part of the reason I talk about investing, because I think I try to get through a lot of people that are reentering the hobby. They are doing it for the nostalgia of ripping packs and collecting, but then there's this investing in business side as we're in our 30s to 40s and trying to make money. That's what investing means to me. It's investing in players, making money, and then going putting them back into the hobby. 
I think investing is that buzz term, right? It's, I think to me, it's the investors are people that are collectors at heart and they are in it for the long term and they're putting their money into the market and they're waiting and seeing what to do with those cards. And at the end of the day, they're taking those funds. And if they have big hits, sure, it might go towards a vacation. But nine times out of 10, that money's going right back into the hobby and it's adding value to all of our cards. And I think that's important to talk about. I think, um, you know, any time that you can do anything to fund your passion, you should do and you shouldn't look back on it. And it sucks that investors, air quotes, have like this negative connotation in the market with some older collectors. I think part of what I'm trying to do on Stacking Slabs is bridge that gap share their stories, and bring people on that can help talk about their experiences. And that's what I'm going to do. I want these labels and silos to break because I think if everyone's educated on everyone else's intention, the flow and less BS would be in place. So um, that's what I think there on investors. And then I think there's flippers, right? And I think flippers are, to me, again, you control your own destiny. It's all what your intention is. Flippers are the people that might be the concerning kind that don't really care about the success of the hobby. And I think maybe a flipper is somebody who Mike experienced and they're not collecting and they might not have sneaker inventory. So they're moving to cards and then they're trying to, they don't know how to treat people. They don't know how to communicate right. They don't know how the hobby works. They're blinded by that dollar. I think flipping is fine. I think if you're collecting and you're investing, Inevitably, I'm buying cards right now to flip for the playoffs. And those are guys like Kyle Kuzma that I've talked a lot about. But if that's all you're doing, if you're trying to drive through and just flip a few cards, treat people not so well and not respect the hobby and not respect cards, then that's when I have a problem. So I think we've all had experiences buying, selling and trading with people that were probably just there to flip. And I think my recommendation is at the end of the day, like try to treat people kind and try to treat people well. There's going to be bad actors, especially when you've got a market that's booming like sports cards right now. But like doing what Mike did, and I know it's his passion, but just bringing awareness to issues is important. But I think it was important to me because I heard him talk and I was like, you know, I understand what he's saying, but I want to use my platform to talk a little bit about like how we unpack that and how do we build solutions because of that. So I think that's something important to think about, collecting, investing, and flipping, and thinking about that and thinking about the intentions of the people that you're interacting with on a day-to-day basis. Definitely, if you like what you heard in this episode, leave that five-star review. That's super important to me. Follow me on social, at Stacking Slabs. Hope you all are having a very, very safe week, getting ready for sports, spending a lot of time with your families, and spending a lot of time on cards. Happy collecting, happy investing. Talk to you again real, real soon.